0: Welcome to the 2024 edition of the Fern Podcast, As the Season Turns. Released on the first of each month, the episodes follow the changing landscape of the seasons, from the moon and the stars to the tides and the trees. I'm Leah Landers, author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide, and this podcast is a collaboration between myself and Fern, makers of small batch organic perfume. We are so delighted to be launching a new year, our fourth. Since Fern created As the Season Turns in 2021, it has gone from strength to strength, last year receiving a nomination for a British Podcast Award. Myself and the team at Fern are so looking forward to tracking the changing seasons with you throughout the coming year. For 2024, we are thrilled to welcome Raina Connolly and Stuart McCallum, the acclaimed creative duo called The Breath as this year's guest musicians. Spinning influences from Irish traditional music into spellbinding contemporary folk, The Breath will bring us one song for each month of this year. Returning for 2024 is Zoe Gilbert, author of Mischief Acts, for a fascinating series on folk characters. And for a little lift this January, our resident sound recordist Alice Boyd will be creating a special meditative sound walk, leading you through the landscape of Dartmoor. This will be released on the 12th of January, 2024. I hope you enjoy hearing these contributions as much as I do, and that this brief guide to the month ahead will help you to settle deeper into the season. Names for January In modern English, January In Scots and Ulster Scots, Januar In Irish Gaelic, Anna In Manx, Geragaur In Welsh, Ionawr. In Cornish, Genver In Gerier, Janvyee These names all seem to be variants on the Latin Januarius. Etymology, Ianus, meaning door, the door into the new year. Or Janus, the god of two faces who represents transitions and beginnings. One looks back into the past, one forwards into the future. In Old English, Avtara Yeola. Etymology, the month after Yule. Recorded by the chronicler Bede, this was the Anglo-Saxon name for the first month after Yule, a pre-Christian Germanic midwinter festival celebrated around the solstice. In Scots Gaelic, furloch, originally referring to a period of winter, but in modern usage, specifically meaning January. Etymology Folshu, meaning wolf, ...referencing Scotland's wilder past... ...when the howling of wolves would reach its height during Furloch. In Romany, Ivescaro, meaning month of the snows... ...a name from before wagon time... ...when the Romany still walked beside their wagons... ...rather than living inside them. These wagons carried the makings of simple tents... ...willow branches and thick serge cloth. Snow made this life very hard... Both for the Romani and their horses, who would be covered with straw-stuffed blankets to fend against the cold. January in the Ancient Woodland In January, the ancient woodland feels sleeping, strange, like a place in a fairy story. Trees are stark outlines, the sky visible through them, and the birds and insects and leaves that keep up a continual chatter in gentler months are gone, hibernating or fallen to the ground, where things are decaying in the damp winter earth. It's this earth that binds together the communities of the woodland. In England, Wales and Northern Ireland, A wood is ancient if it's been growing since at least 1600. In Scotland, this is measured from 1750, when mapmaking became more reliable. During those four or five, six, seven hundred years of trees growing, dropping their leaves, putting out roots, getting old, dying, falling, rotting, germinating, the soil has grown richer and richer, The earth in such woodlands has memory. It holds the shape of the past and future inside it. It is made of living things and houses their descendants. Now, in January, not much is happening. Lichens and mosses glow on trunks and stones, a myriad shades, and the occasional toadstool peeps through the dark leaf litter. Most of the rest is brown. And in this, the coldest month, the brown is often touched with white frost or snow, high contrast in clear winter light. In humid woods, wisps of hair ice might curl from the branches of rotting trees, like clouds or white wool or baleen from a miniature whale. This is caused not by the fairies, but by a fungus, Exidiopsis effusa, and occurs only when the temperature is just below zero degrees Celsius. But if you look carefully, you might see a sign that winter won't last forever. The first primroses are out, their bright green teardrop leaves, a backdrop for pale yellow flowers, a mirror for the sun when it's at its lowest ebb. Sunrise and Set On the 1st of January, in Inverness, the sun will rise at 8.58am and will set at 3.42pm. In Padstow, it will rise at 8.20am and will set at 4.25pm. The 3rd of January brings Perihelion. This is the moment in the year when the Earth is nearest the sun in its imperfect elliptical orbit. At 38 minutes past midnight, the sun will be 147,100,632 kilometres away. Ideas for eating from the garden this month. Steamed purple sprouting broccoli, sprinkled with breadcrumbs that have been fried with garlic and chilli until crunchy. A winter tabbouleh. Shredded kale, carrot, spring onion, and a big handful of parsley mixed with cooked bulgur wheat, lemon juice, and olive oil. Swede carrot and potato mash with lots of butter. Served with a slow cooked casserole. Beetroot quartered, then roasted and dressed with vinegar. Served with winter salad leaves. Baked rhubarb with Greek yogurt and crumbled ginger snaps.
1: The garden in January can be a gloomy place, but not today. I woke from a dream of a crackling fire to find that the garden was sparkling, sending crystalline light through the window. I tramped out in my boots and coat to find the cold frame and greenhouse decorated with the glistening shapes of ferns, and I shivered with chilled pleasure. Jack Frost had been to visit. Back by the crackling fire... We can admire the glitter of the frost-trimmed garden outside and tell the stories of Jack Frost and his kind, the weather-making gods and goddesses of winter. In Russia, Jack Frost is Morosko, and the Russian tales are full of the sound he makes as he leaps and creeps from tree to tree in the forest. He crackles like white flame, he cracks his knuckles and gnashes his teeth and creeps in the frozen tree branches. When he speaks, he snaps and the air fills with knives and darts. By our cosy fire, we can hear the wintry Russian forest, where in the story I know, a man reluctantly leaves his sweet daughter beneath a tree, knowing she will freeze to death. Who has made him do this? We can guess. The girl's mean stepmother. Who favours her own daughter and wants rid of the competition. But this girl is so polite and sweet to Jack Frost as he creaks and cracks ever closer to her that he takes pity and sends her home dressed in furs and with a box of riches. We can guess what the stepmother thinks of that. She sends her own daughter into the frosted, crackling forest and awaits her return with gifts. But this girl is so rude to Jack Frost, telling him off for crackling so loudly that he freezes her to death and sends her home like a block of ice. Look out at the shimmering garden. It is starting to snow. Jack Frost's artwork is being covered now by soft white feathers. Mother Holler is shaking out her pillows and her eiderdown. Come closer to the fire. And let's tell another tale of good-tempered and bad-tempered girls, stepsisters again, and the good girl working her fingers to the bone. One day, she drops her spindle down the well, and so afraid is she of the punishment she will receive, she climbs down after it. She finds herself in a meadow, and in the meadow is the house of Mother Holler. Mother Holler invites her to stay if she will do the housework. It is very important that the girl give the eider down and the feather pillows a good shake every day as this will make it snow down in her own world. The girl works hard and when it is time for her to return home Mother Holler showers her with gold. We can guess what happens next. Yes, the girl's jealous stepmother tips her own daughter down the well to get her own gold. But this girl is bad-tempered and rude, and will not work for Mother Holler, who showers her, not with gold, but with pitch, and sends her back to her own world. We can imagine the snow, the feathers from Mother Holler's eiderdown, sticking to the pitch, and making a fool of that bad-tempered girl. These stories might have old-fashioned morals about hard work and good manners, but they also tell us we should respect these winter weathermakers, and remember them when the frost crackles and the snow turns the garden softly white. Moss of the Month
0: Glittering wood moss, Hylocomium splendens, is a true winter moss. Though growing on every continent except Antarctica, it's particularly abundant in the taiga and the tundra of the far north, the great forest and plain encircling the North Pole. Not only trees and heather, but soft, glistening, creeping carpets of moss. One of over a thousand bryophyte species in Britain and Ireland, here glittering wood moss is found particularly in the Caledonian forests of Scotland. Its delicate yellow-green leaves grow in pointed formations, a little like the fronds of ferns, on reddish branching stems that weave together to make large mats. Though dormant in these cold temperatures, The moss is a surprising source of colour in the January forest. It grows on stones, stumps, fallen logs, the forest floor, and sometimes on living trees. Glittering wood moss grows perennially in stages, lending this species its North American name of step-stair moss and its Chinese name of pagoda moss. Each New Year's growth begins near the centre of last year's, so you can count the years it has lived by counting the steps of its growth. Essential to the forest biome, as the old moss decays, it becomes part of the soil or forest floor on which it has grown. Glittering wood moss is used to line the nests of birds, such as crested tits, as it was once used to cover the dirt floors of human dwellings and supports miniature invertebrates, including nematodes and mites, which help to break down organic matter. Moon phases. The last quarter moon will fall on the 4th of January. The new moon on the 11th of January. The first quarter on the 18th of January. And the full moon on the 25th of January. January's full moon is known as the wolf moon or stay-at-home moon. Spring and neap tides for January. Spring tides are the most extreme tides of the month with the highest rises and the lowest falls, and they follow a couple of days after the full moon and new moon. These are the times to choose a low tide and go rock pooling, mud larking or coastal fossil hunting. Neap tides are the least extreme, with the smallest movement, and they fall in between the spring tides. There will be spring tides around the 12th to the 14th and the 26th to the 28th of January. The neap tides will be around the 4th to the 6th and the 18th to the 20th. Average sea temperatures in January. In St Andrews in Scotland, the sea will be around 7 degrees Celsius. In St Austell in Cornwall, it will be around 9.5 degrees Celsius. And here's the breath with a song for January. Here we are, as the
2: season turns. What month are we in, Stuart?
0: We're hurtling into January.
2: Mmm. Yeah. This this song's called Remembering the Flood. It's about rebirth and the memory that's held in the landscape and how we visit that and I suppose I am reminded in January how everything is dead or everything has burnt down and how that's necessary for new life. Waters, my mm. Flood, remembering the flood, thy is blind. Blights from their cities, sovereign fools, like a bite from the dark. its feet From the hunger Dragging its feet From the pain Dragging its feet Dragging its feet Crumbs from their table We'll wait for crumbs from their table
0: January's Perfume Ingredient Rose de Mai Rose de Mai is one of perfume's most storied ingredients. Originally developed by rose breeders in 18th century Holland, the rose is now most closely associated with Provence, where it is grown near grass for Chanel No. 5. But it is in Morocco that it is grown in its greatest numbers. The Rose de Mai's Latin name, Centifolia, means hundred-leaved, referring to its tightly packed petals growing in concentric circles. This abundance also gives it the rather less exalted name of cabbage rose, which I think feels a little friendlier. The scent of rose de mai is remarkably rich and honeyed, the very essence of an imagined rose. Traditionally picked only in the month of May, the petals undergo solvent extraction immediately, to produce a dark, fragrant wax that can be further processed into an absolute or oil. The colour is removed using activated charcoal. Why is a rose of May our January ingredient? It's the keynote in Fern's new Winter 24 fragrance, which was released on the solstice. Blended with notes of juniper berry, eucalyptus and balsam fir, this fragrance conjures the image of a rose amid snow, a perfect pink flower limed with frost. To accompany this special fragrance, Fern has created a short film. Following Fern artist Katie Pappinio as she prepares to paint a rose still life, the film was created in a single shot on 16mm film at Charleston in East Sussex, once home to the iconic Bloomsbury Group, To find out more and watch the film, visit fern.co forward slash winter 24. You can find the link in the episode notes. Stars, meteor showers and planets. At the start of this month, look out for Venus in the mornings. It will rise at around 5.30am in the southeast, and be visible for about two hours. Mars will be too close to the Sun to be seen this month. Jupiter will become visible in the dusk around 5pm, high in the southern sky. Saturn will become visible low in the southwest at around the same time. It starts the year as an evening star, and will then be lost in the glare of the Sun for several months. Unfortunately, it will be dim for the whole year, because we will be viewing the rings almost edge-on. The 3rd to the 4th sees the quadranted meteor shower. The best time for viewing will be from around 7pm on the 3rd until 6am on the 4th. A half-moon will rise around midnight, obscuring the fainter trails. The 14th sees a close approach of the Moon and Saturn. They will first appear in the dusk in the southwest at around 5pm, at an altitude of 22 degrees. They will set in the west at about 7.40pm. On the 18th, there will be a close approach of the Moon and Jupiter. They will appear in the dusk in the southeast at around 5pm, at around 48 degrees altitude. They will set at 1.20am the next day. A Fairy Tale for January Mossy Coat Mossy Coat is an old English folktale closely related to Cinderella and Thousand Furs and is named after a magical coat made from beautiful mosses gathered from wintry woodlands. The story was collected from Romany storyteller, Tamey Boswell, in Lancashire in 1915. A widow lived with her beautiful daughter in a small village. Every day, the mother would go out collecting mosses from the fallen branches in the nearby woodlands. Haircap moss, apple moss, cushion moss, elfcap moss. Some cushiony, some low and spreading, others sporting little star-shaped shoots, but all in shades of green. Emerald, jade, lime green and bottle green. Every night, once her daughter had gone to bed, She sewed them into a beautiful coat. When the daughter was old enough to marry, she came to the attention of a local hawker and trickster, rich but very unpleasant, and he knocked on the door and asked her to marry him. The daughter ran to her mother and asked her what to do. "'Tell him to bring you a white dress with gold sprigs, a dress the colour of all the birds, and a pair of silver slippers.' and all must fit you perfectly, and the next day you will marry him. Three days later the man appeared, with two beautiful dresses and a pair of silver slippers, and the mother told him to come back the next morning to marry her daughter. Now the daughter was worried, but the mother was wily. She had no intention of letting her daughter marry this horrible man, but she did want her to do well in life. She bundled up the dresses and slippers and took out the cloak that she had so lovingly stitched together over all those years. Put this coat on and it will always take you anywhere you wish to be, she said. And she told her daughter that her name was now Mossycoat and that she should go to the local manor house and seek her fortune. Mossycoat put on the coat and immediately was whisked away and found herself outside the local manor house where the housekeeper took her in and gave her work. Soon the owners of the house decided to throw a series of three balls, and Mossy Coat was put hard to work preparing for them. But on the second night she thought that she would love to go upstairs and see the ball. She slipped away, put on her white dress and silver shoes, put on the Mossy Coat, and instantly she was upstairs in the beautiful ballroom. She caught the eye of the young man of the house, who asked her to dance, but at the end of the evening she put on her coat and vanished downstairs and back to work. On the final evening of the ball, she put on the second dress and her coat of moss and went upstairs again. This time the young man was waiting for her, and they danced together all night. When the evening was over, she prepared to leave, but as she reached for her mossy coat, the young man tried to stop her. She vanished, leaving behind one silver slipper. We all know how this particular story ends. The young man searched high and low for the woman whose foot fit the slipper and eventually, when all hope had been lost, Mossy Coats was found to slip into it perfectly. They were married and lived happily ever after and all thanks to her mother's beautiful mossy coat. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. Please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the 1st of each month. This episode was January, the first of our 2024 series. I'm Leah Lindert, and if you enjoyed this podcast, you will also enjoy my book, The Almanac, a seasonal guide to 2024. This year's theme is In the Garden. As the Season Turns is now in its fourth year. With over 35 episodes, there's lots to explore for each month. We'll be releasing a guided sound walk of Dartmoor with Alice Boyd on the 12th of January. Subscribers will be notified automatically. Do also listen back to last year's folk music from Gwilym Bowen-Reese, which is now available as an album, Canaan Ifluithin, Songs for the Year. This podcast is produced by Jeff Bird. Catriona Bolt is the production coordinator. In addition to my own contributions, Zoe Gilbert, author of Mischief Acts, wrote and read The Winter Garden. The folk song was played by The Breath, who also provided music for the intro. This podcast has been created by Fern. Fern is an organic fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern Production Ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co or visit the link in the podcast description.